Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for you Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, the 26th of September, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you for the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. All before Vossie and Brandy at breakfast for listening through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Patton Heels for listeners in Queensland coming up after the 6 o'clock news. A lot to get through as we build up to NRL Grand Final Weekend, AFL Grand Final Weekend. We'll get stuck into the latest rugby league news as we head to Grand Final Weekend very soon. Going to be a hot one on Sunday in Sydney as well. A bit of news around that we'll get to shortly. Um, we've also had uh, the Brownlow last night in the AFL, so we'll get to the news about that. Bit of a surprise winner, so we'll talk about that. The Rugby Union still floating along, boiling along after the Wallabies Bad loss yesterday, 40 points to six against Wales. We'll talk about that in just a second as well and want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, plus all the other news of the day. And John Gallo will be on the line in about half an hour to wrap up a big weekend of EPL. We spoke about it yesterday. Tottenham, two-all draw with Arsenal. Newcastle. 8-0 over Sheffield United, plus a lot of other interesting results across the course of the weekend. So we'll have a chat with John in about half an hour. But most importantly, as always on this Tuesday morning, want to hear from you. one three hundred o one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736 at 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. I want to start with this today, though. Um, and it's a conversation that we may be having on Sunday. Some people are already sort of having it. Doesn't matter what happens on Sunday. But if the Penrith Panthers are to win the competition again, three-peat on Sunday. And look, I don't think they're any sure thing of winning the competition, uh, the grand final. I think Brisbane are going to give them a great game. But look, Penrith are favourites. Uh, they've done it the past couple of years. This is their fourth consecutive grand final. If they are to win the grand final, are they the greatest rugby league team you've ever seen? Now, I wasn't around when the Dragons won 11 in a row. Um, maybe some of our listeners saw some of that. But are they, are the Panthers, are they already the best rugby league team you've ever seen? Or would a win on Sunday against the Broncos submit them as the greatest team. Definitely the greatest team in the NRL era. And there's been some really good teams over the last 30 years. You look at, you only have to go back, what, three or four years ago when the Roosters won back-to-back -back premierships, that 18-19 team, very dominant. The Melbourne Storm for many years, uh, very dominant as well throughout the 2000s and uh, made a lot of grand finals between 2010 and 2019, 2020 as well. Uh, the Roosters again in 2013, that was a very dominant team, but only for one year, although they did make a couple preliminary finals after that, but not able to do what Penrith have done and gone on to make grand finals. And then you look at the Broncos um, of the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Canberra, of course, the Panthers uh, back in the early 90s made the grand final in 1990, won it in 1991. So there's a lot of um, contenders out there, and that's just going back 30 years. You can probably say Parramatta in the 80s. But if Penrith do do this three-peat, are they the greatest NRL team or rugby league team that you've seen? If not, who is? Who is number one? 
1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. It's going to be hard. And, you know, I saw a tweet the other day about saying, I'd love to see this Penrith side play the Roosters side of four years ago. I'd love to see this Penrith side play another side from 20 years ago. That's all well and good. You're never going to see that. So you're never going to know how they would match up in maybe a best of three contest. So we can only look at what historically sides have done in the past and what Penrith may well be doing in five or six days' time. Are they already maybe one of the best sides you've seen? They have to be. Four consecutive grand finals. Are Penrith about to be the best NRL side, best rugby league side you've ever seen? Or is there somewhere someone else? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Happy to hear from you uh, this morning. It is part of our Makita Power Play. Don't forget Makita XGT, experienced professional cordless power without limits. Uh, that's the good. And I'll be happy to hear from you. And actually, whilst you're at it, you can throw at me the greatest sporting teams of just all time. It doesn't have to be rugby league. We are talking rugby league, but you can nominate another team in another sport if you want. one 300 736 So that's the good, the bad, the rugby. Uh, the Wallabies yesterday, and we were updating it on the show here. It was 16-6 when I went off air and handed over to the breakfast shows. Ended up being 40 points to six Wales over the Wallabies. The Wallabies, for the first time in history, will not go through to the next stage of the Rugby Union World Cup. They do have one more game coming up against Portugal, which, yes, a bit like that Georgia game, you'd expect them to win. But I don't think that will paper over any cracks. A lot of people have come out and had their say. A lot of people that follow rugby a lot closer than I do uh, played rugby. Uh, Australian fans, ex-Australian players, even commentators from around the world who have no real association with the Wallabies. Back page of the Telegraph today. Inept, shameful, embarrassing, Julian Linden writes. Ellen Jones, uh, former Wallabies coach, has had some strong words. He was on the run home last uh, yesterday with Joel and Fletch. It's a really interesting one. And then we had that story across the course of the weekend about Eddie Jones and him talking to Japan. And I saw... He was asked in the press conference yesterday post that loss against Wales about whether uh, he is committed to coaching Australia. And he said he is committed to coaching Australia. And then the journalist asking the question uh, did ask him next year. And all he said in reply was, I'm committed to coaching Australia. Now, as I said yesterday, the two big stories outside of what has happened uh, in this World Cup, the two big stories in rugby union this year was Eddie Jones rejoining. And he's won one out of eight matches, Eddie Jones, as coach this year, with one obviously still to come against Portugal. And Joseph Suatlihi, middle of the year, deciding to go to Rugby Union for 2025 and beyond. What must he be thinking at the moment? Now, obviously, he's going to be earning good money. But he didn't look unhappy at the Roosters at the end of of their season, just gone. Um, A lot of people were saying middle of the year that maybe he'll be going to Rugby Union next year. Now, that could still happen. But he must be thinking, "Mm, maybe I'd like to stay in Rugby League. That may not be at the Roosters. They probably wouldn't be able to afford him. But it's an interesting one. I don't look. And there is a lot of speculation about Suatli and what he might do. Nothing has come out from his camp to suggest that he's changed his mind or anything like that. Um, Only media speculation about that. But you have to wonder what he must be thinking, and what must any 
other rugby league player that has been linked to rugby union. Angus Crichton is another one recently, but there's been a whole heap of them that have been linked to rugby union over to go over there in the next one, two, three years in the lead up to the next World Cup in 2027. Um, surely, and I know the money might be good, but surely they'll be having second thoughts on the back of what happened yesterday and what has been happening for a while now. What happened yesterday is not uh, a one-off. It's been building for many years. And I've said, and I was having a conversation with a couple of people just a couple of weeks ago when the Rugby Union World Cup started. And if you cast your mind back to 2003, so 20 years ago, almost to the very date, basically, we had the Rugby Union World Cup here. And I went to quite a few games of the Rugby Union World Cup that here. Of course, England ended up winning it thanks to the Johnny Wilkinson field goal. But I, I don't know where Rugby Union goes to from here because you look at what it was like 20 years ago. It was a highly popular sport. Um, they had a huge chance to take off from that Rugby Union World Cup 20 years ago, and they haven't. And now I, in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinion, it is the fourth place football code in this country. Miles behind AFL and NRL, and I think now a fair way behind football. Yes, the A-League at, at times struggles to get crowds. Um, and news today that Channel 9 and Stan might not fork out the money that they forked out for the current rights deal when this next rights deal ends. 0457 736 736. Do you agree with me? Do you think they are the four? It is the fourth place code now behind football slash soccer. And as I said, the A-League do struggle for crowds, but we've seen what happens when the Matildas play, when the Socceroos play. Big games in the A-League. Now, you could argue, yes, the Wallabies still get big crowds, the Leonard's Low Cup, I understand that. But it is definitely, compared to what it was, disappeared off the radar. And again, I don't know what happens next. How do you fix rugby union? one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Give me your solution this morning. It is early, uh, but put your thinking cap on and have a think about how you would fix rugby union. Is there a way you can fix rugby union in this country? Um, obviously, winning helps, but that's not happening at the moment. And I don't know if the solution is just going out to sign more rugby league players, if any rugby league players are wanting to go over there. How to fix rugby union? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And I think the other thing that is very indicative to the problem rugby union is facing, yes, we're talking about the Wallabies this morning. We're talking about the bad stuff with the Wallabies. There hasn't been much talk at all aside from that. You will hear, of course, on this station, bits and pieces. But in the general public, I haven't really heard any talk about other games in the Rugby Union World Cup, maybe outside of the All Blacks every now and again. But there hasn't been much talk about this year's Rugby Union World Cup. Now, there is factors to that. It is, of course, being played on the other side of the world in not a great time zone. And we are in the middle of our NRL and AFL final series. But the Rugby Union World Cup used to be a lot bigger here. How to fix it? 0457 736 736. Is it fixable? one 300 011170 is our open line number. Before a break, and then we'll get stuck into your text. Just uh, one other thing. I mentioned it's going to be quite warm on Sunday in Sydney. So if you are in Sydney heading to the grand final, if you're flying from Brisbane, it's going to be a hot one. Um, and the NRL is open to changing the starting times for the, uh, the 
grand final day matches. The three matches going to be played on grand final day as it readies for the hottest premiership decider since records were kept at Sydney Olympic Park's current weather centre more than a decade ago. With temperatures only expected to dip below 30 degrees just before the 7.30pm kickoff in the NRL match, the governing body has confirmed it has guidelines to help players in the earlier games at a core stadium on Sunday. So the Bureau of Meteorology is forecasting the temperature at Sydney Olympic Park to rise to 35 degrees on grand final day. The NRL will look at allowing half-time intervals of up to 20 minutes, implementing drinks breaks and allowing trainers to carry more water on the field for the state championship and NRLW deciders. Ahead of football, Graham Annesley confirmed they had plenty of time in the schedule to delay kickoffs if required, with South Sydney to take on Brisbane's East Tigers in the state championship beginning at 1.20pm. Newcastle will then aim for back-to-back titles when they clash with the Gold Coast Titans in the NRLW decider at 3.55. Annesley said yesterday, without being dismissive of the Weather Bureau, things can change. However, we are ready for any circumstances as we are throughout the whole season. We have a very extensive heat guidelines and a policy that is a standard procedure where on game day, if there is a belief the conditions might require intervention, we have a matrix uh, where readings are taken. But we've got plenty of room on the agenda for grand final day. I'm not expecting any of that to happen, but we do have flexibility. Uh, the Bureau of Meteorology spokesperson Helen Reid said it would be the hottest grand final day since records were taken at the current weather centre at Sydney Olympic Park. And the NRL was on the cusp of delaying the first ever NRL match due to hot conditions earlier in the season. Um, 35 degrees it's supposed to be on a Sunday in Sydney. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens the Sports Medicine Australia heat expert and University of Sydney professor, uh, professor Ollie Jay developed the NRL's extreme heat policy and predicted the unseasonable spring scorcher to not be as bad as matches played in the tropics during the World Cup in 2017. Uh, he said these are elite level competitors and their level of conditioning should be protective of them. We'll see what happens. I remember the 2013, and there has been some warm grand finals. I think 2015, at least during the day, was pretty hot. Um, I remember the 2013 grand final between the Roosters and Manly. It was very close to what we're expecting on Sunday. Uh, it was very warm out there throughout the day. It did cool down a little bit at night, but I would have thought throughout the day it would have hit about 33, 34 degrees. Um, so you do get this occasionally on grand final day. Interesting, they said they would be open to delaying matches. Now, clearly, they do have room in the schedule to do that, but they wouldn't want to be doing it too much. They wouldn't want to be pushing things back and back and further back to where it gets in the way of the entertainment, obviously, and then the NRL kicking off at 7.30. But the player's safety has to be first and foremost. And if it's going to be 35 degrees at 3 p.m., I, I don't know. I know at the start of the season we play in hot conditions, and I'm sure we will. They're not going to postpone or cancel grand final day, but it is going to be very tricky. And I would be surprised if we don't see drinks breaks and the like in there, if that weather forecast does remain the same. Interesting to see what happens there. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 So plenty of stuff on our agenda this morning for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. Penrith, if they win the competition on Sunday, even if they don't maybe, are they the greatest rugby league team you've ever seen? Or is there another team in another era recently maybe, or going back a few years that, or many years if you want, 
that beats this Penrith side that you think is better. And throw in the greatest sports teams of all time as well. The Wallabies, 40 points to six yesterday against Wales. They lost. Uh, been called a net, been called shameful, been called many things. How do we fix rugby union? What can they do to fix rugby union? 0457 736 736. There is a stack of texts there. I'll get to them after the break. Plus, more of the news of the day at 16 and a half past five. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. 21 past five. Good to have your company. We'll have a chat with John Gallo. Get his thoughts on the weekend of EPL shortly. Don't forget, think red, e, red smoke alarms. Think red smoke alarms.com. Dot AU 21 and a half past five. Let's go to some texts before we get back to the news of the day. Asking you this morning, if Penrith do go on to win the competition on Sunday, are they the greatest rugby league team of all time? Or have you seen better? Um, and also how to fix rugby union. Um, is there anything that they can do to fix uh, rugby union? Because it is struggling at the moment. First text, this from the Wild Panther. He says, morning, Dan. Uh, this Penrith club is a juggernaut. Not only will they win a three-peat on Sunday, they are realistic, uh, a chance of at least one more. They will prove on Sunday they are the greatest team of the modern era. Cheers, Wild Panther. Well, I, I suppose if they... Thank you, Wild Panther. Panther. Um, I suppose if they do win, they are have to be 100% the best team of the modern era. Whether you think that maybe if they had come up against a side from the 90s, 2000s, uh, 2010s, where they might have been beaten, you, you may hold that view and you're fully entitled to hold that view. But um, on paper, they will be because we've seen a team go back to back uh, recently, but we haven't seen a team win three in a row since Parramatta in the 80s. Um, we've seen teams go close to it, but not get there. Um, and only one team, well, two teams now, but only one team since uh, the 90s have gone back to back. That was the Roosters, now it's Penrith. Um, so if Penrith are to get the three-peat, statistically, they are the greatest team. And look, I'm not, and we'll talk about this uh, later on uh, in the week with Charlie Goodsir when we do our preview of the grand final. I'm not ruling Brisbane out by any strength of the imagination. This is no disrespect to Brisbane. I think they are a red-hot chance uh, on Sunday. I saw Reese Walsh speaking uh, yesterday, and I saw a lot of the, I think there was, what, 2,000 fans at Broncos training. Um, very, very good, very exciting times, and they are a hell of a football team, the Broncos. We saw what they did on Saturday against the Warriors. We've seen what they've done all year. And I think when it comes to the Broncos as well, uh, everyone at some stage throughout the year thought they might fall, but they just keep getting better. And if they bring their best game against Penrith, it's going to be an epic grand final. And it can cause, and I think it will cause Penrith some issues. So I'm not saying Penrith are over the line by any strength of the imagination, but they do have a chance at history on Sunday. Uh, Yeovil Treatment says, Hi, Dan. Uh, my earliest memories of rugby league are from the late 60s and early 70s. Didn't see the St. George era, but the Rabbitohs played in six grand finals from 1965 to 1971, winning four. Still the best team I've seen with uh, players such as Sattler, Piggins, O'Neill, McCarthy, Coote, Sims. That from the Yeovil Treatment. Yeah, another great era in rugby league. And just one more for now before we get to some of the news of uh, the day. In fact, we'll do a couple more. Uh, Razor says, I asked the question, is the NRL at risk of losing fans? If this Panthers domination continues, people stay home and just say we can't beat them. Why bother that from Razor? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I, I don't think so. In fact, if you look at, and look, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but if you look at the crowds this year, the ratings this year, uh, it's all been going up. 
uh, not down. And I, look, I understand where you're coming from, Razor, in terms of, yes, does it get boring with one team winning it all the time if Penrith do indeed win it on Sunday? Um, I, I think if they won 10 or 20 in a row, it might, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think they're still going to be uh, there and thereabouts for many years uh, with the team they've got, barring major injuries and the like. But I don't think it gets boring. And, and you can probably almost, and it is different because Origin is a three-game series compared to an NRL season that goes for seven months. But when Queensland were dominating Origin, um, winning all those series in a row, I don't think the interest in New South Wales had been higher uh, or has been higher since in that middle part of that amazing run by Queensland when everyone in New South Wales just wanted to beat Queensland. And now I think you're in a situation now where anyone, everyone in the NRL just wants to beat Penrith or Brisbane. Brisbane might now be on a run for many years if they play like they have been. Um, I, I do take your point, though, this weekend. I have to say, and I said this to Charlie uh, yesterday, I watched both of the NRL games, but I must say that on Friday night, when Penrith had that game wrapped up, I was flicking back and forth to the AFL because it was a closer match, a preliminary final. Um, and then Saturday, obviously, the AFL was a different time to the NRL. They wouldn't want one-sided uh, games every weekend like we saw last weekend, particularly that Penrith-Melbourne game, although Melbourne were in it uh, for a while in that first half. But I don't know. It's an interesting question. I'll put it out to the listeners, Razor. Are you getting bored of Penrith winning? Uh, has it affected your interest in the game at all? Or are you just as interested or more interested? And I suppose if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably even more doubly interested. Uh, interesting question, Razor. If Pen uh, you know if Penrith keep winning, does it affect your enjoyment of the game? one 1170 or 0457-736-736. And just on Fixing Rugby Union, no name on this text, but it ends in 628. Morning, Dan. Fixing Union is easy. Turn it into Rugby League. Well, yes, uh, they could do that. Um, and there'll be a lot of very good players running around uh, that would be very good to come into uh, the rugby league sport. Uh, it's not going to happen. They're not going to turn it into rugby league. I did notice Brandy saying that the GPS school should ditch rugby union uh, yesterday on the breakfast show and play rugby league. It is interesting. They are in the world of pain. I haven't seen uh, a sport that is as prominent as rugby union is and I still say is because it is still a mainstream sport um, and once was struggling as much as um, we're seeing at the moment. How do we fix rugby union? Are Penrith the greatest side you've ever seen in rugby league? And anything else you want to talk about? Just a couple of other bits of news before some more texts, a break and John Gallo. We know uh, there was talk uh, at the end of last week, Brad Fittler had his meeting uh, with the New South Wales Rugby League board. And now the New South Wales Rugby League has asked for some clarity around any role Phil Gould may play with the Blues next season as they prepare to make a call on Coach Brad Fittler's future tomorrow. Now, Fittler unveiled his plans for the New South Wales set-up uh, to the Blues board on Friday, where it is understood he raised the prospect of Gould's return along with a complete overhaul of the coaching staff. It is understood that the New South Wales Rugby League asked for more clarity around the proposed roles within the New South Wales coaching setup in anticipation of holding fresh talks this week over Fittler's future. New South Wales Rugby League Chair Paul Conlon confirmed that the board was expected to hold further talks in coming days with a view to deciding whether to retain Fittler for another season. The Blues coach is off contract, as we know, and has lost his past two series, but does remain keen to stay at the helm of New South Wales. 
He has outlined the plans for a shake-up of his coaching staff in an attempt to retain his job. Uh, Greg Alexander, Paul McGregor and Danny Baderas have all moved on due to other commitments. Gould's possible return was raised last week. And we know Gould and Fittler have a very long-standing relationship stretching back to their coach player days at Penrith. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's, Phil Gould, he said yesterday or over the weekend that he'd be prepared, he would be prepared to do anything to help New South Wales and obviously that relationship with Brad Fittler. Uh, Ivan Cleary also potentially uh, a name being mentioned to help out the New South Wales team next year. Going to be interesting. Uh, now, we're talking about Penrith, the Penrith Panthers. Jerome Luai uh, will soon have to choose between earning an extra $2 million or staying at the Panthers. And this story has been bubbling along, hasn't it? Uh, all year, basically, there was the story sort of at the start of the year and the middle of the year about Edwards and Luai being off contract and then Edwards re-signed with the club a couple of months ago. But now Luai will hit the open market on November 1 and clubs will be lining up to sign him. Penrith have reportedly told Luai they can only afford, off, afford to offer him $800,000 per season uh, as the reigning premiers face a cap squeeze. He could attract long-term offers around the $1.2 million mark. Um, so $800,000 to stay at Penrith, where he's won two competitions, potentially about to win three, or earn a lot more money, up to around $1.2 million, at another club. And you would know clubs like Canterbury, the Tigers, the Dragons, they'd all like to have him. I'm sure there'll be other clubs that would love to have him as well. So a really tough choice here for Jerome Luai coming up. Does he stay at the Penrith Panthers where he's had enormous success, where he may well have, if he chooses to stay at Penrith, more success over the course of his career? As I say, only 26 years of age. Uh, so he's got, barring any major injury, still a long part of his career to go. Or does he think more about the money and who would blame him if he does that and go to another club? Maybe not have the success. You never know. Tough one. If you're Jerome Luai, would you stay at the Panthers and potentially win one, two, three more competitions in the next few years, but only get paid $800,000 a year? Or, and when I say only, I think most people would love to be paid $800,000 a year, but you know what I mean. Or get paid $1.2 million a year, but maybe not win another competition after, well, it would be next year. What would you do if you were a Jer Jerome Loy? Stay at Penrith for less money? Go to a, another club for more money? one 300 or 0457-736-736. That is a really interesting question. I, I, it's, it would be a very tough one for him to figure out as well as I, I reckon. Anyway, your thoughts on that, your thoughts on the Panthers, your thoughts on Rugby Union, one 300 0457-736-736. We'll take a break. More texts and John Gallo on the other side. It's 28 to 6. We're going to have a chat with John Gallo in just a second. Don't forget, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. one 300 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. Just on Rugby Union before we get to uh, John, this from Andy. He says, uh, fix rugby. Australia need to concentrate on the sevens. Almost every kid plays touch. 
but none play junior rugby. So uh, Australian to concentrate. Look, yes, uh, a lot of uh, touch rugby and touch rugby league uh, around. And look, the rugby sevens always still extremely popular. Uh, I, I just don't know how they fix the 15-man game. Um, and the more, and it's interesting what Andy says as well, the more the Wallabies struggle, the more you have to think how many players, up-and-coming players, younger players, are wanting to play rugby union if the sport keeps going backwards. It's something they need to fix and need to fix relatively quickly, but I don't know if there is a quick fix. Any thoughts on how you can fix rugby union? one 1170 And we has got a tweet here from Josh as well saying, Big Panthers fan, uh, enjoy your show, Dan. Thank you. Big Panthers fan, um, really proud of what they're doing, but don't forget the groundwork was laid by the Panthers in 1990 and 1991 with, of course, that grand final win in 1991. No, definitely. Um, and he also said maybe could have been more if uh, certain events didn't happen. Well, yes, uh, potentially it could have been. We know uh, some stuff happened. But, yes, uh, 90, 1991, Penrith, very good, very strong there. Um, and now looking for a three-peat. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Time to do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. Was it, well, I was around in 1990 but I, and 91, but I don't remember those grand final victories. And a man who also probably doesn't remember those grand final victories is John Gello. He's on the line now. Morning to you, John. Very well played, sir. Very well played. Yes, it's been a long, long time that I remember being in a grand final, Dan. And, uh, yeah, it's been since 2004, to be exact, uh, since I last experienced mm. the grand final. So... You being a Roosters man, please tell me in due course what a grand final win feels like. It, it must be some time, but yeah. It is good. Uh, I think Panthers fans uh, have a more of a recollection than, well, anyone, because they're about to go for a three-peat. We'll get your opinion on Friday on how the NRL grand final is going uh, to go. But, Josh, you can make a good point. The Panthers side of 1990-1991, very, very good. Uh, now, I've just got this text uh, for you, uh, not on football, uh, but on your beloved Bulldogs, before we get to the EPL. This is from Steve, the Colin Bulldog. He says, good morning, Dan. I know you've probably got other topics you're talking about, but thought I said I can send this in. You can send anything you like in. I'll read it. Uh, my review of the Bulldogs. About seven years ago, Gus said he had a five-year plan for Penrith. It took a while, but if you look at the results last year, they won all comps. And again, this year we're strong in all comps from juniors to NRL. The Bulldogs have started this process and have now won the under-21s of the Jersey Flag Grand Final on the weekend. They beat the Roosters. Yes, it is a long way to go, but you have to rebuild the foundations first. Cheers, Steve, the Colin Bulldog. And I'll go one further on that. If you remember, and uh, we used to call some New South Wales Cup together, John, if you remember that uh, period of time from about 2014 to 2017, roughly, Penrith, and still are, very, very competitive in that uh, New South Wales Cup competition, in the Jersey Fleet competition, or well, the under-20s it might have been back then. So the, you could see with the amount of talented players playing in the New South Wales Cup, how talented that their first-grade side could be. So the fact that the Bulldogs, I think, was 22 points to 20 on Sunday against the Roosters, that is a good first step for your team. Yeah, absolutely. There are positive signs, and I know people give Gus a little bit of flack for you know, I keep mentioning his development plan and his strategy. But you're right. I mean, Panthers back in that time, uh, during Harold Matt, Jersey Flag, even the, um, obviously, SG Ball as well, they were very, very strong in their mm. juniors. 
uh, and then New South Wales Cup, as you said, uh, and then obviously as Gus took over and, and the plan started to come to fruition more and more, but it took some time, I remember then, to win over Panthers fans and also the, the wider NRL community exactly about how Gus was going to go about trying to grow this, this Penrith team because at that time, no one could see it. Um, and then look what's happened now. And then if you go, if you remember his time in, in the Warriors as well, he had a, a stint over there and a more consultative role over in New Zealand with the Warriors and trying to create some um, pathways for, for the New Zealand Warriors team. Obviously, in New Zealand, rugby union is the number one sport over there. So he had a battle with that. I'm not saying the recent success the Warriors had this season is due to Gus, but I'm certain that their, their youth program has certainly benefited from him being there and certainly his advice and his knowledge. So I can only say the Panthers, you know, hopefully the Bulldogs get to that position. Um, I think that's what's buying him a little bit of time and grace with the Bulldogs fans is that he's got the evidence in the locker room to show what it mm. does come to when you stick to your game plan and your long-term strategy. So Panthers is obviously a recent success of that. And I can't see the Panthers letting up anytime soon, not just in the NRL, but also in the junior levels as well. I think their dominance will, will continue for some time, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think Penrith, whilst they may not win every competition over the next five years, I think they're going to be there and thereabouts for a long way to go. All right, let's have a look at the EPL from the weekend. Started with Man City, not a surprise result, although they did get a player sent off. They defeated Nottingham Forest 2-0. Yeah, comfortable one with City. Um, the only disappointing aspect for them is that Wadri, as you said, player sent off. He'll miss next week's game or this weekend's game. Um, but I thought it was a comfortable victory in the end. I think 2-0, first two goals scored in the opening 15 minutes of the game. Kind of dictated things from there and a comfortable three points and the Man City machine keeps rolling on. Probably not a lot to say about this game, but Crystal Palace are full of nil all draw. Yeah, other than that, well, Fulham throwed a lot at Palace mm. um, away from home. I thought Fulham put in a very good display over the 90 minutes. Probably probably more disappointed out of the two sides, if I'm honest. They created some really good opportunities. I thought should have led at least 1-2-0 uh, going into half-time, but just failed on capitalising. Um, so I think Palace, although they're at home, I think they'll feel slightly the more relieved sides walking out there with a point. Luton at town and Wolves. Uh, Luton still looking for their first win. They didn't get a win, but at least they got a draw, one all with Wolves. Yeah, a good, a good draw at home, I think. Um, although probably Luton will be a little bit disappointed they couldn't press on and try and find a winner. The send-off happened midway through that uh, second-half period, so they had some time to, to try and get a winner, but it wasn't to be for Luton. But a, a point at home, I think, is positive. Um, Wolves probably slightly more disappointed side. I thought they were favourites going into this game. And uh, for them to only drop down to, to two points and only get a draw out the end of it, I think they'll be slightly more disappointed out of the two sides. Everton, an important win over Brentford, away from home, 3-1. Yeah, well, this is probably the shock of the uh, of the mm. weekend, to be honest, Everton, 3-1. I don't think anyone saw that coming, particularly away from home at Brentford as well. Adds a, a lot more complexity to it. But well done to, to Everton and Sean Dyche. They lifted for this one. Calvert-Lewin was brilliant again. Decore up front, yet again, fantastic. Um, so that, that midfielder really lifts. Everton in the right direction. I thought Bradford very sluggish, very laxy daisy coming out of the defence as well. And I think as a result of that, Everton made them pay the price. And you could see the energy levels uh, and the motivation levels of Everton really hit a high on the weekend when Bradford struggled to match that. And now Bradford had a real struggling start to the, to the opening six games of the EPL season. And they're not where they were at this time last season. So some concerning signs there if you're a Bradford fan. Man United, a much-needed victory over Burnley, 1-0 away from home as well. Yeah, difficult place to play. Burnley obviously is struggling in the Premier League. Vincent Company's had a, quite a few losses at the start of the season, which hasn't been helpful to his campaign. But they've played some decent football at times, Burnley. Uh, but against Man United, a very you know in 
motivated Manly side as well because basically Man United have been penned back so many times in the media. Ten Hag has topped a lot of criticism left, right and centre. So I think it's done United the world a good getting their three points. So hopefully for their sake, they can kick on for the rest of the season as well. Uh, we had Aston Villa away from home. The team's winning away from home this weekend. A 1-0 over Chelsea. Yeah, can't say I'm too surprised by this one. Even though Chelsea at home, I thought I tipped Villa for this game. I thought Villa would be up for it. You know, Emery's been you know, getting his side into good form recently. Matty Cash in that midfield. Ollie Watkins up front doing a terrific job. Uh, players lifting all around for, for Villa at the moment, whereas Chelsea the opposite. You know, they, they really look deflated at the moment, Chelsea. They don't look like they're on the same page at all. And Ponacino, interestingly enough, coming out of the press conference after the game saying his players need to grow up. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to go down in the Chelsea dressing room. But there's some big problems there at Chelsea already and there's some very concerning signs. So for Villa, great win, great three points away from home. The Ange bus continues. They got a draw against Arsenal. They went behind twice, but they managed to fight back twice to all. Yeah, I think if you're a Spurs fan, you're probably more happy at the, uh, the point than an Arsenal fan. I think Arsenal feel like three points dropped here, to be honest, um, whereas Spurs are very, very happy to walk out with a point, as you said, getting from uh, from behind on two occasions and, and still getting out with a two-all draw, I think is a wonderful result, even though they're at Emirates Stadium where they've got a terrible record, Tottenham, in recent years. To get a point out of that result, I think it's fantastic. If you're a Spurs fan, I think Arsenal fans, very disappointed, very concerning as well. Obviously, they've got some injury concerns as well. Arsenal, Trossard out, Martinelli out before kickoff which didn't help things. But um, I think the tinkering of, uh, of Ange Postatoglu and his side at the moment is really coming along nicely at the moment. Makes for a very good game this coming weekend after Liverpool has continued their good start to the season. 3-1 over West Ham. Yeah, strong win. Strong three points from Liverpool. Um, they're doing a great start to the season up there with Man City as well. I think Liverpool will be you know, tending for the title for sure this season. And that 3-1 win against West Ham. And inform West Ham, I know West Ham slipped up the weekend before with Man City, but they still had some good results behind them. And away from home, West Ham can be a dangerous side. So well done to, to Liverpool, well done to Jurgen Klopp. 3-1, convincing performance and, and great result. We saw Brighton 3 over Bournemouth 1. We'll just skip that game because I want to ask you about this one. Newcastle 8 over Sheffield United 0. That is an amazing win for Newcastle. Well done. Really, really poor by Sheffield uh, United. There was a story, a very sad story, that came out at the back end of uh, last week, and there's been a couple of updates about this uh, recently overnight, uh, that the Sheffield United, one of the Sheffield United women's uh, players, Maddie Cusack, who was just 27, passed away. Uh, no suspicious circumstances, police have said overnight, our time. Um, and she did play 100 games for Sheffield United. So surely that would have had, and that's awful in our thoughts to uh, everyone involved there, but surely that would have had some effect on the Sheffield United team and that scoreline yesterday, even though the scoreline not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, you know, um, the, the coach touched on it after the game and said that, you know, his players were feeling the full effects of it because uh, I think Maddie was involved not only in, obviously, the women's side of football, but she was obviously playing a, a media role inside the football club as well, mm. um, setting up in interviews post-game and pre-game as well as press conferences. She helped around in that department for, for quite some time. So, um, obviously, her work in the club has been felt right throughout, and I think her loss is going to be felt right throughout as well, not just, obviously, in the Sheffield United club, but she was at Birmingham City as well before that, um, and Birmingham set their condolences out as well mm. as the, the, the wider Women's Premier League. I think it's affected everybody, the sad loss, and uh, definitely, as you said, our thoughts uh, and condolences go out to her and her teammates at the moment, and obviously, the Sheffield United football club is going to be... Um, suffering for some time. Yeah, yeah, but very good win for Newcastle. Nonetheless, 8-0, they uh, continue on there. Very good run, John. Great stuff. I just saw, as you were talking there, on a much less serious note, uh, Taylor Swift uh, at the NFL yesterday seems to have broken the internet. 
project. So that is uh, fantastic news. She's got a new partner, Travis Kels. Uh, um, we're, we're very excited about it here. We're going to speak to Chris Perkins on Thursday. It is an exclusive, I reckon. Uh, it's just, isn't it amazing well, news that someone who's very famous, Taylor Swift, co- goes to a football game, supports her new partner, and it's headline news right around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, yeah, how fantastic for, for the players and, and all that to, to see her supporting their, their team. And mm. if you see a close-up shot online, I don't know if you've seen this close-up shot of Taylor Swift, but... She definitely likes the party by the sounds of it and by the looks of it. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Concerning signs there. That, anyway, that's, that's 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 the world we live in. Th- that's good. Thank I you. Must, thank I, must, I must touch yes. on as well. I think I mentioned Manly and Man United. Man United, uh, not Manly. They're, yeah, now they're very similar to Manly, but yeah, they're not the same. Now I was going to pick you up on that. Yeah. I thought you said that, but then I thought we were talking about Burnley. So I thought no. maybe no, you did say Manly. Okay, well, Manly have no, finished Manly. their rugby league season and now they're playing football impersonating yeah. Man United. <laughs> And on, the, on that Ted note, Hag needs all the help. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and on that note, I think I'll let you go. And we'll speak on Friday. Brilliant. Okay, mate. Well, have a lovely week. Have a uh, better week than I will. Thank Bye. you. Thank you at Man United. Uh, John Gallo talking all things football. Quick text from Junior Smithy. Morning, Dan. On Rugby Australia, they have to restructure the whole system from grassroots to elite level. So they have to start pushing their way into public schools, not just private schools. Play local competitions on the opposite days to rugby league and entice clubs to push teams to play both. Have the state competitions and then have a national championship before they play Super Rugby and make it uh, so the international players have to come back and play in these competitions when they are not playing for Australia. Some really good suggestions there from Junior Smithy. We'll wrap things up in just a second. This text here says, I've heard Taylor Swift is desperate to call in on Tradies News. Anytime, anyone is always welcome on this show, including Taylor Swift. We would stop the show for Taylor Swift. So she she is listening. She can always call in. Uh, This one from Aaron. uh, He says, morning, Dan. Why should the Panthers pay unders for a player? This in terms of Jerome Luai. In my opinion, there should be no financial transactions between clubs and players. All payment should be a transaction between the NRL and players with clubs leasing the services of players from the NRL. The NRL sets a base market price for the players, thus implementing what the salary cap is designed to accomplish, spreading the talent. Your thoughts? Look, Aaron, I won't answer that in 20 seconds, but we will bring this up tomorrow. We may even have a chat with Matty Cox about that tomorrow, host of Traders Use in Melbourne. So great text, um, and I want to give it uh, the time it does deserve. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you for the text, Aaron. Great one. And Daggy Dragon says, statistically, I think 11 years in a row is the best statistic. Well, yes, it is. Thank you, Daggy Dragon. Thank you for everyone who's texted. Today, breakfast coming up. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m.